Our scripture reading today comes from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And so God created humankind in his image, in the image of God he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit you shall have for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth Everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. We have been working in our series, Monumental, uh, that, that God has a kind of faith for us that will make a monumental impact on the world, and, and the kinds of things that we look to affect uh, what, where our direction goes and where our path goes. And some things lead us towards God and some lead us away from God. And we've looked at a lot of kind of objects, physical things, over these last few weeks. And so today we're going to move our focus towards people. And before we get there, we've got to set the context and the stage of Genesis chapter 1. And I, I, I love Genesis 1 through 11, that early part of Genesis. And it's one of those texts that uh, I'd love to just you know, do a whole entire class just on those chapters. Uh, but we're going to just look at the little uh, snippet that we need to to understand our text today. Uh, the, most scholars think that Genesis 1 through 11 was written around the time of the 6th century BCE. And in a classroom, we'd talk through all of the, the little ways in which we get to that. Um, but uh, the, the, the big cataclysmic event that happened in the 587 or 586 uh, or earlier, 597, the, the kingdoms of, of Babylon came through and destroyed the kingdom of Judah. And this was catastrophic for people in Judah, not only because uh, they became part of slave labor, became a part of this other empire, they lost their temple, they lost their friendships or families as people were extracted and moved across the Mediterranean. And you could imagine a lot of faith is going to have to to happen in the midst of this tragic moment as you understand, how did we get to this place? How did we lose our homeland? How did we lose our temple? Uh, and you could imagine the pain uh, that the empire that defeated you, who has taken you from your home and is causing you to do all this labor, they've got these, these massive cities and these massive temples to a god. Uh, in Babylon, the god Marduk was their patron god. Uh, who they said was victorious over your God. And you're coming from a system that, th that thought that God was in one spot, like most specially in a temple, and now that temple's destroyed, and you're miles and miles and miles away from that place. And there's a lot of faith development at work there of, how do I make sense of my, my relationship to God? And you can understand the trauma of that, of the pain of how do, I, how do I live my life faithfully in the midst of this moment? And we don't quite know what that's exactly like. You know, we, 
we don't know what it's like to, to face that kind of, of violence and, and trauma and pain, but we're all experiencing some levels of trauma and pain in this season. Uh, we all know a little bit about what it feels like to be in exile, right? To be separated from people or the things that you love to do and uh, maybe separated from work that you loved or uh, from worshiping in the same ways that you uh, got to worship. And so we've all feeling a little bit of some of that exiled life. But it's into that exiled situation in which the temple is gone that the author of Genesis 1 paints a picture of God creating a cosmic temple, that God is not located just in one place in Jerusalem. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of thinking in that time that your God kind of had their own little region and there's, you know, kind of you're vying for territory. But Genesis 1 tells this expansive story about God creating a space uh, that all of the planet is God's temple. And all of the places that exist on the earth are places that God made and that God walks in. And so that already is good news for people who lost a temple and the people who are displaced. That God made all of this and God is everywhere, not just in one place. But in this temple cosmic scene, uh, there's a structure, a poetic structure involved where uh, days one through three, kind of like God building and constructing the space, and days four through six are God filling that space uh, with things. So in day one, you get light, and in day four, you get the stars and the moon and things that bring light. And in day two, you get water and air, and then in day five, you get these the fish and birds, and in day three, you get land, and then day six, you get animals and then humans. And so it's like God is creating this cosmic temple, and the last day of creation is a day of rest, which was usually associated with, with worship, that you could rest from your everyday life and work and go sit uh, and rest with God. And so there's this kind of coming together of God resting and humans resting. And it's into the midst of that we have this day six of creation that we read from. And it's important to remember that, uh, you know, if you were building a temple, uh, let's say in Babylon, if they're building a temple to Marduk, you don't bring a statue of Marduk and put it there on day one and then you build a temple. You build your temple and then you furnish it and you bring in the statue of the God at the end of the story. And so you've all seen probably construction sites where they've had the ribbon cutting ceremony and all the pictures and all of the kind of you know, celebratory aspects that go along with opening up. Well, the temple, the last thing you bring in is the statue to the God. And this is a little bit strange for the, the Israelite faith because their God was an invisible God. And so things weren't quite the same as everyday life in other religions. And so what is it to make a statue to an invisible God? And you, you might not know, but early Christians were actually accused of being atheists in the early uh, first, second century or so. And they were considered atheists because uh, they denied these other gods and instead of these gods that you can see, they proclaimed an invisible one. And so how do you make a statue of an invisible God? Instead of fashioning physical statues out of marble or bronze, God's cosmic temple is filled with people like you and me. Genesis 1 verse 26. God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And it continues. 
So God created humankind in his image, in the image of God he created them. Male and female, he created them. Instead of these pillars or bronze statues, you had living monuments to God that every person is a stamp and is an image that points to the creator God. And so even when your temple is destroyed and you're, you're displaced, every person you encounter is a little reminder that there is God, the creator, who brought about that person. And, and sometimes we see people and see God clearly through people and sometimes we make mistakes and we cause problems and, and we make it hard to see God. But the image of God is shining out in the people who are young and old, black and white, rich and poor, female and male, and the people in our lives give us an opportunity to see living monuments to our God. And so what do we do with the fact that, that people are made in the image of God? One of the implications of that is that we should make our decisions by prioritizing people, not things. Right, that when faced with an ethical dilemma, choose to prioritize people. And this is hard in practice because we actually don't do this all of the time. And it, it kind of struck me uh, watching some news recently. It, it doesn't matter which state, but uh, there was a, a, a governor of another state who decided to, to make an announcement about face coverings. And so they were in their state making an announcement that they were requiring people to wear face coverings. And cases are on the rise there, and they're trying to, uh, you know, make a case for wearing coverings. And here's the quote, and I I'm taking the state out of it because uh, it doesn't matter. It says, quote, I know that wearing a face covering is not the convenient thing to do, but wearing a face covering will help us keep our state open for business. And it will uh, allow our residents to earn the paycheck that they need. And I also know that not taking action to slow the spread will cause COVID to spread even worse, risking people's lives, and ultimately closing more businesses. Do you notice anything weird in the midst of that? All of the concern was about businesses and not on people. Obviously, people are affected by businesses, but we are tempted down a path where we make decisions based on all sorts of things instead of real-life breathing people. And what is it that, that we, we put all of the stress on the businesses in our world and, instead of the people who, who make those businesses happen? You know, we've all probably heard something like, it's what's best for the company. Maybe that happens around layoffs or whatever it is. Um, but the company's interest usually wins out. And the corporate idol becomes the idol that our American temple wants to, to celebrate, even though... We are called to worship a God whose image is in our neighbor and not in a corporation. And many people choose to champion ideas, so maybe not even businesses, but ideas, and you hear people champion, more than anything, I want freedom. And we let our ideas of freedom take root over people. And that the idea of so-called freedom, uh, you know, we, we use that term and we throw it around just any time when we don't want to do something. But you know, we, we don't usually bat an eye now about wearing a seatbelt, you know. I'd like to be free to wear, to not wear a seatbelt in my car, but nowadays we wear our seatbelts. Um, but the idol of so-called freedom has become an idol in our American temple that we, we often celebrate more so 
than the God whose image is in our neighbors. And how do we move away from this? Because we're, we're all tempted there. Like, yeah, it's a societal thing. But how do we actually care about people? Your neighbor, your family member, the person you'll never meet who is in the image of God. And, and what are, what's on our priority list, right? You know, it's not just societal. It's not just about corporations or anything like that. It's just, it's also real practical. What matters most to you in your life? Is it your house or how your house is furnished? Is it your car, your job? All sorts of things that aren't people. You know, people somehow get pushed further and further down our list of of cares and interests and priorities. But how do we focus on people uh, who, are, who are made in a way to point us to God? And, and I think this is why we're all struggling in this moment of, of why we are so challenged with, with shutdowns or with social distancing is we are such social people. We need and we long for God and we need and long for each other and yet that, that distance is tough. And so how do we prioritize, now that we've seen how much we need each other, how do we prioritize people and not things? And I think practically you can see this in, because um, it's not like work is bad and just wrong or anything like that. Uh, the humans that we see in the garden are, are given a job. Uh, they, they're tasked with, with tilling the garden. But what is it like, let's picture a photographer, um, who I know photographers right now are, are are, I'm sure, struggling, just as many economic situations are. But you could be a photographer who's just trying to focus on getting that job done to get to the next task, right? Of, I got to finish this, get to the next one, get paid, get to the next project, uh, and be super just work-oriented. Or you can be the photographer who's trying to find the beauty in that subject, the beauty in that person, the beauty in whatever you're capturing and that you're celebrating that thing and sharing it with people, and not that those are competing things that you can't also try to make money, but we often forget or, or overlook that essential thing of seeing the beauty of the person in front of us. And I'm struck when I, um, out, out at Personal Care each week, we've been outdoors, and so we've been distributing kind of pre-bagged hygiene product supplies outside, and if you're sitting at that table in that tent that the line comes through, you look right across the street and you see a mural that was created last year during Bright Walls, the mural festival. A mural of Wanda Beavers or Mama Tutu, as she's known. And that mural uh, was designed by an Australian mural artist, Claire Foxton, who goes into areas and celebrates a community member. And she paints murals of these, these people in the community to celebrate them and the ideas and the, and the things that they are working for. And so when Claire uh, accepted to come to this mural festival, she had to figure out who was the community member that she was going to celebrate. And so uh, Mama Tutu says that it was after she hosted an Independence Day barbecue at her house for people who were homeless, uh, which was kind of her regular life practice that uh, you can read about on the news stories around the mural that uh, she brings people into her own home to help take care of them. And so after this, she gets this call and here's someone who wants to paint a mural of her on the wall at this festival. 
And you could imagine her feeling of being like, I don't know that you're going to want my face on a two-story building, right? Like any of us would probably feel a little bit anxious about our own face being blown up into two stories. And so she wasn't quite sure whether she was deserving of this project. And Claire reassured her knowing that the beauty of who she is and her story would speak to the community. But I wonder how often we minimize people where we take that easier route of saying, I, don't, I wouldn't put that person up on a wall. I wouldn't blow them up into this big giant picture to celebrate them. Uh, how many people we overlook in our daily life that we walk by, we don't give any attention to. But if every person was made in the image of God, we should be celebrating people, we should be caring for people, we should uh, prioritize people. And what if we did see the image of God in people where we saw someone and thought, you know what, I think you are the subject of something bigger, that I can see God, I can see love, I can see hope through you. What would it be if we saw the image of God in people? I don't think we would demonize people so quickly. Uh, we live in a world that is very quick uh, to love or hate something and to love or hate people. And uh, I know that pick which political party that you want to hear in your head, it is very quick for many people to hate that other person based solely on a label. But if we focus on the fact that God is in the, that, that person is in the image of God and that we can see God somehow in the midst of that person's life, maybe we would be slower to rush into this demonization where we act like they either are born of or destined to the pits of hell. But people are in the image of God. And I think that if we treated people that way, if we were reminded of that, we would not just not demonize them, but we would supply their needs better. We would care for them. We would not overlook them. It's so easy when we hear of a problem that's not our problem to just dismiss it, but to remember that there's a real person on the other side of that challenge. Uh, wouldn't we feel more called to support, to care for people? when we remember that they are in the image of God. And so we are all invited to see God's cosmic temple. No matter if you're worshiping in the space with us or you're worshiping in your home or wherever you are, you might be on cell phone, a data plan outdoors watching. You are a part of God's cosmic temple and every single person was created in the image of God and worthy of love. And we often have a hard time remembering that, that God so loved the world, that even in the midst of our sins, even in the midst of the times where we don't shine God's image well, God still loves each and every person. God still created and redeemed each and every person. And so uh, I want to take us into a challenge today. Uh, I've got a camera on stage here. I've got cameras that, that the uh, stream is, is watching through, but um, this is a film camera, which is uh, from the 80s, from my decade. Uh, and one of the things that's really interesting to me about actually using a film camera as someone who wasn't native to film cameras, uh, it was retro technology for me, is not being able to see an image automatically. It's having to take an image and trusting and hoping that an image is actually going to turn out and that when it comes to you later, uh, that it worked 
And in our today's world, we just can you click images so fast? I know like my own daughter, you know, she can just sit there and take selfies or take pictures of people. Uh, there's so many photos. But to stop and realize that each person uh, is the image of God and is worthy and wanting to celebrate each person, maybe we should take more time relishing in uh, that God is at work in our, our friends, our families, our neighbors' lives. So here's my challenge. Today at some point, I just want to invite you to take a picture of somebody else in your life. Uh, that Now, you might be watching this and you might be at home by yourself and you might not live close to people and you're social distancing. That's great. You can, uh, you can be challenged to take a selfie, a self-portrait, uh, because you are in the image of God. But find someone, take an image. If you don't have a camera, if you don't have a cell phone, you got a pencil, you draw somebody. And it doesn't matter if it's a stick figure, but do the practice of remembering that there are people in your life who are in the image of God, who we should care for, who we should love, who we should pray for. And let that be a, a holy practice today uh, to try to capture one person at least today. And so in this world of distractions, in this world of confusion, in this world of division, Let's look for God and the people in our lives. Let's not forget God uh, is in the midst of people that we often feel inclined uh, to ignore or to dislike or to be irritated by. But let's look for God everywhere in the God's cosmic temple. And so would you join me in prayer? Lord, we ask that you would turn our vision and our sight to the way that you see the world. Lord, there's a lot of things that distract us and we ask your forgiveness that, that buildings or, or furniture or all sorts of things capture our attention and, and we don't give our attention to you and we don't give our attention to the people that you've created and that you are at work in. And Lord, we ask that you would remind us and encourage us and, and push us towards recognizing your presence in our midst, recognizing our presen your presence uh, in those in our lives. Lord, we ask that you would heal the biases that cause us not to see our neighbor as in your image. Lord, help us to, to care for and to work for the dignity of all people Help us to celebrate those who are, who are living out your image and your likeness uh, well in society. Help us celebrate them to guide others to do likewise. Jesus, it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.